Blog Talk Radio. I find the whole mythology surrounding superheroes fascinating. Take my favorite superhero, Superman. Not a great comic book, not particularly well drawn, but the mythology. The mythology is not only great, it's unique. Now, a staple of the superhero mythology is there's the superhero and there's the alter-ego. Batman is actually Bruce Wayne. Spider-Man is actually Peter Parker. When that character wakes up in the morning, he's Peter Parker. He has to put on a costume to become Spider-Man. And it is in that characteristic Superman stands alone. Superman didn't become Superman. Superman was born Superman. When Superman wakes up in the morning, he's Superman. His alter ego is Clark Kent. His outfit with the big red S. That's the blanket he was wrapped in as a baby when the Kents found him. Those are his clothes. What Kent wears, the glasses, the business suit, that's the costume. That's the costume Superman wears to blend in with us. Clark Kent is how Superman views us. And what are the characteristics of Clark Kent? He's weak. He's unsure of himself. He's a coward. Clark Kent is Superman's critique on the whole human race. You're traveling to another radio show, a broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind, a journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination, imagination. that's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio, with your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Time again, I'm your host, D-Bird, a.k.a. the Afro Nerd, and welcome to another fact-finding, fascinating, funky edition of Afro Nerd's Grindhouse, featuring our Left Coast correspondent, the great Claire Linnae, her doppelganger, Daryl B., and unfortunately, Captain Kirk has one more day, just one more day, 
filming Zombie with a Shotgun, so we can't wait to hear more stories about that great upcoming film by another friend of the show, Hilton A. Ruiz. We've got to get Hilton back on to discuss his companion comic book for Zombie with a Shotgun. Anyway, folks, we're here live and direct. The call-in number remains the same, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. As you know, one of the chief cogs in the system deals with Urban Alternative Groove, Black Rock and Roll, Psychedelic Soul, Afropunk next week, so we will not be broadcasting that week. Actually, it would be cool to broadcast live from Afropunk. Maybe one of those days uh, we can see that happening. But for the moment, you have us now. So let's go to a quick groove. This is from UK's finest, Sam Henshaw, Our Love. Check out this groove. We'll be right back. Give you about two and a half minutes. I know, I know it's been hard on you, I know it's getting under your skin, they, they don't think they much of you, uh. and I see, I see the things that they don't see, they think I'm too wrapped up in your needs, but you They don't, they don't understand our love 
power groove, power groove. Folks, listening to that great, talented musician, Sam Henshaw, again, Sam Henshaw, our love. Can you believe, can you believe that 2 Chains actually has a record deal? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm trying to figure this out. How come the Afronaut Radio Machine plays all these grooves, and yet you cannot find them on commercial radio? I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. To help me make some sense out of my life, pop culture, pop culture life, I have my crew. I have the podcast, The Crew, the indefatigable Claire Lene, and, of course, her doppelganger, Daryl B. Let's just get into this thing. Daryl, this gentleman needs no, <laughs> no introduction, not really. So I'm just going to just bring him out, the indefatigable Daryl B. Daryl, are you there? Ah, there we go. All right. Okay. I'm, a, I'm, I'm out of the penalty box. And for those of you that were sleeping on it, let's just remember that Al Roca is a true black man. Thank you for what you did today, Al. For, for the rest of the nation that thought, uh, he is the nice black dude. You see... You gotta realize Al Roca is a black dude. Okay, on that note, I'm lost. I'm, I'm sure you will elucidate. All right, uh, j- uh, just to, just to quickly explain, Al Roca well, let's, went let's, in. Let's, let's be respectful. Let's be respectful. One second. Let's get res- let's be respectful to our left coast correspondent. Okay, and then no, we'll problem, get to no problem. No problem. We'll story. talk about it after we she gets the report. We gotta respect the queen. We gotta respect the queen. Come on now, Daryl. <laughs> anyway, I know. We'll, our we'll left coast it. correspondent. Go. Okay, here she is, the lovely Claire Lene. Ha, Claire. How are you? How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's it's a balmy 79 degrees, Claire. So I could I'm pretty sure Jack will be able to tell you that. 80, it's like 90 degrees, 95, to get 79 is beautiful. So, yep. I'm so happy. President now, Wonder Darryl, Woman. Before, before we get into this, now, Daryl, I, I have to respect the queen. Now. I know. Queen <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I was just queen saying. Hippolyta, queen Hippolyta's uh, daughter. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just saying with Al Roker, for folks that don't know, it's up on Twitter. Al Roker went in on Ryan Lochte <laughs> about what his little, like, superhero moment that turned out to be a lie. And Billy Bush, his co-host on the Today Show, is trying to, Al, he, he, he was just misunderstood or misinterpreted. And Al Roker went full street Negro on him. <laughs> the clip the clip is out there just just take it like for folks out there that don't know every time he stirs his drink i could imagine what al roca wanted to say but couldn't cuz he was on on nbc so that's that's what i'm saying right there and the other thing of course is congrats to Linda Carter president wonder woman 
let, let's do this. Claire, uh, you know, we, we couldn't get you from Magenta, but President Wonder Woman. Yes. I know. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Well, one quick thing. We may be getting a guest from the U.K. to sit in for a few. Uh, Kava Sounds, Kava Sounds, who's been working it up big on Twitter, who does his own podcast, Across the Pond. Um, I think he may be coming in as well. Uh, and also, if he is online, because I can't tell, if he is online, press 1. Anyone, anyone who wants to join the, the discourse, press 1, so that way we know that you want to join in. But I believe Cobb Sounds is going to come. Yeah, I think this might be this gentleman now. Uh, let me bring him in, and then we're going to go to Claire's Weekly Roundup. Mr. Sounds, Hello. is that you? Yo, how are you, man? Thank you so much for What's allowing up, me man? to be on the podcast. I'm cool. Um, how are you guys doing? Fine, fine, sir. Pretty good, man. Good, good. Hello, Claire. How are you? I, I, I... Good. How are you? I'm cool, man. It's nice to actually hear your voice. I spoke to you so much on Twitter. I uh, you as well. It's nice to have a uh, a voice to the name. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Thank you. It's actually my first time being invited onto a podcast, so thank you so much for having me uh, on the show, I guess. Oh, of course, man. We really we see cool. you out there, so uh, we can have you mix it up with us. We're going to have Claire do her weekly roundup, and then we'll mix it up. So hold on for a moment. Gonna, I'm going to bring you back in. And then, yeah. Claire, I want, you to, I want you to do your thing, and then we're going to have a big roundtable uh, in Captain's absence. Let's get to it. Let's do this. So, what is everybody talking about? All right, here we go. A slew of information on Spider-Man Homecoming's cast of characters was supposedly leaked, so it's difficult to decipher what's rumor and what's fact. Here's what's been circulating so far, still to be taken with a grain of salt. Balkeem Woodbine is Herman Schultz, a.k.a. Shocker. Angori Rice is Betty Brant, Laura Harrier is Liz Allen, and Kenneth Choi is Principal Morita, who may be the descendant of Howling Commando Jim Morita, who Choi played in Captain America First Avenger. Last but not least in that little tidbit, setting social media on fire, Zendaya's character on IMDb was briefly listed as Mary Jane Watson, but it was quickly changed within a day to Michelle. Regardless of whether you love or hate the idea of the biracial Disney star playing MJ, nobody at Sony or Marvel has confirmed or denied anything. The Flash has cast Friday Night Lights actor Gray Damon as Mirror Master, Fargo Season 1 actress Joey King as Magenta, and Awkward star Ashley Rickards as another Season 3 villain, The Top. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has cast Galavant actress Mallory Jansen as life model decoy Ada. Arrow Season 5 has cast Jessica Jones actor Will Travall as human target. In TV news, Grant Morrison and Brian Tyler are adapting Aldous Huxley's Brave New World for sci-fi. The Office star John Krasinski becomes the fifth actor after Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, and Chris Pine to take on Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan character for a new Amazon series. Fans have petitioned, Haley Atwell is game, and even Marvel TV exec Jeff Loeb wants an Agent Carter revival. But ultimately, it's up to a network to say yes. DC's workplace comedy, Powerless, 
delays production after its showrunner, Ben Queen, exits due to creative differences between NBC and Warner Brothers TV. Marvel's Runaways will be adapted into a Hulu series by the creators of Gossip Girl. Linda Carter has filmed her scenes as President of the United States. Yes, Wonder Woman is president on season two's Supergirl. All right, so Vin Diesel has confirmed that Guardians of the Galaxy will cross over into Avengers Infinity War in 2018. In what seems like a last-minute addition, Zoe Kravitz is joining the cast of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Don't expect to see too much of her this time around. It's been noted that her role will be explored further in the sequel. Looks like Volstagg, Hogan, and Fandral, a.k.a. The Warriors 3, played by Ray Stevenson, Tadanobu Asano, and Zachary Levi, are likely to return for Thor Ragnarok. Unfazed by the divisive response towards Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad, Shazam producer and longtime manager of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Danny Garcia, says that their movie will exist in the DC Extended Universe, but they will have more autonomy and will utilize a different production team. The Deadpool 2 casting rumor is that director Tim Miller wants Kyle Chandler for Cable, but Fox wants Liam Neeson. The Han Solo spinoff is reportedly casting a non-white female lead. Though marketed heavily, the Joker is only in Suicide Squad for about seven minutes. Some reports have indicated that Jared Leto feels tricked or misled about the role, considering that he shot a substantial amount more than what made the final cut. Speaking of Leto, the actor is joining the Blade Runner sequel alongside Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, and Robin Wright. Suicide Squad has surpassed $500 million worldwide. In other news, Natalie Portman says that as far as she knows, Jane Foster will not be returning for any other Marvel movies. Rumor has it that Ray Fisher's Cyborg will appear in the Flash movie. The Rogue One trailer has gotten a mixed response in China. Disney is pushing hard to generate interest by casting Donnie Yen and Jiang Wen to combat the lack of sentimental appeal, seeing as that the original Star Wars trilogy never received a Chinese theatrical release. The Punisher series has begun casting, looking to fill roles such as David Microchip Lieberman. No word yet on when Netflix plans to begin production, let alone when Punisher's full season debut will take place. Marvel and Netflix currently have a two-series limit per year, and 2017 is already booked with Defenders and Iron Fist. Marvel's new variant comic book cover series encourages kids to get into STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Well, that's all I have for this week's roundup. Back to you, Afro Nerd. All right, Claire, as always, appreciate you doing your thing. The call-in number, folks, this is the Grindhouse Show, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Kava, what's up, man? I'm cool, but I'm just chilling. <laughs> I like the roundup, man. Listen, it's, pretty, it's pretty on point. I, yeah. I, I, I went to... Okay. Guys? Hello? <laughs> yeah, hello? Uh, I think Afro Nerd just knocked out his mic again. <laughs> hey, Afro oh, Nerd, wow. you there? 
Well, anyway, Mr. K, Kava, welcome to the show. Uh, for Thank our you. audience, give us a little bit of your bio. Well, first, um, well, even though I spell my name Kava, it's, it's pronounced with a with an S, so it's Sava. Um, Sava. Okay, just, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's cool, man. It's my fault because I spell it with a C, so everyone thinks to pronounce it with a C. But um, me, I just um, I love from the UK, London. Um, I grew up around Marvel comics, so I think Marvel is pretty much something that I grew up. Um, around, I love podcasting, talking, editing videos. I love reading books, uh, but I really, really love um, just expressing what's happening within um, comic book community. I'm sorry, community. I just love to have fun, basically, in the stuff that I do. Um, I'm recently just started doing my own podcasting, which I'm trying to build up to something really big. So um, it's two British nerds, so I just do basically just podcasting literally around walking around the streets of um, London and just having it just organic, cut and um, raw. But it's also a platform for anyone that wants to come on, anyone that has any creativity, um, anyone that wants to speak their mind, uh, whatever interest they have. It's just just to get people that, you know, may have a lot of talent but don't have a platform. So it's more of a platform for pretty much for everyone else really. But... That's pretty much me in a nutshell. Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? There we go. He's back. Yeah. Okay. Must be some vast conspiracy. So your your name is pronounced Sava? Yeah, yeah. It's pronounced Sava, yeah. I I DJ, so I go by the name of DJ Sava, but um, I do my two British nerds, so I'm a nerd as well. How do you dig the the Western style? Well, you're Western too, but the U.S. brand of, of nerdism. Like, how do you follow us? See, for me, I always follow you guys through, I guess it's through, um, I, I, guess it's, I guess it's mostly through social media, doing like live events and, um, and just catching up what's happening around around the world. But um, I prefer, I prefer the, the, I prefer the nerdism in the States because it has more, it has more energy, it has more, um, there's more life to it. You know, the UK is very, very, if you ever come to a Comic Con in the UK, you find it is very, very restricted. Um, they don't express themselves more like you guys do. You know, I find that in the States, there's more, there's more personality and love uh, and expression. I mean, you get some of that in the UK, but it's just the energy level is not the same as it is over there um, in the States. So I actually dig it more in, in the U.S. I've never been to the U.S., but I plan to come hopefully next year for New York Comic Con when if, I, if things go... Um, you know, smoothly, but I prefer it in, I prefer what you guys do in the States, you know. Well, except for when it's Doctor Who, when it's Doctor Who, that's (laughs) when, that's when I find that British fans, especially young British fans, lose their minds. When it's Doctor Who, like, like, we have it, like, it's full blast all the time, you know, you guys, when it's Doctor Who, that's when I've gotten into some very lively debates with people across the pond. You know, okay. Doctor Who. Yeah. That that's your one. That that's your ride or die right there. Yeah. For me, I love you know when it comes to those topics, I I just love um I love Sherlock Holmes. I love the come. I don't know if you guys have seen the the Sherlock with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I love I love um I love uh, what do you call it um um what do you call it Sherlock Holmes because I just love I 
I kind of envision it because I love to use my mind a lot. So it, for me, it makes me um, work. I, I I love Sherlock, and um, and of course I'm a big Blacklist fan as well. That's one. That's probably one of my favorite shows. That makes me think every time I watch it. But um, well, I think. I'll tell you something else. There's a lot of uh, cross-pollination between the U.K. and the U.S. because with you just mentioning Benedict Cumberbatch, well, you know, mm. we, we got to know him as a, as, a, as a British actor, but he's going to be our Doctor Strange, and Ooh, his boy, yeah, yeah. And his boy is yeah. going to be Evan Ross in Black Panther, Martin Freeman. So, oh, he's in Black Panther. I didn't know he yep. was casted in yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, Don't, yeah. Yeah, those guys, I mean, it's like they're just, you can't separate them. They're in Sherlock, they're in The Hobbit, and now they're in the Marvel Universe. So yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's like, but, you know, I think they really, they have a very, very cool, sick chemistry between them. So I think that's why pretty much they're, um, they're there. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan because I, um, I love the realms of metaphysics, spirituality, um, you know, ancient sciences. So... I really can't wait to see how Marvel um, actually express um, the elements of um, spirituality and magic and, you know, the occult within this Doctor Strange movie. So I'm really, really looking forward to uh, watching it. One thing that I really, really want, what I really love about, um, what the surprise for me when I watched Doctor Strange is, if you read the Doctor Strange comics, you find that... Um, you know, Baron Mordor, he's actually the stronger, he's stronger than Doctor Strange. So yep. I would love to, yeah, so I'd love to see if they actually give, if they make um, Mordor more powerful than um, than Strange in the um, in the movie. Uh, let's get into this. I want you, I, I want you to, to uh, be a part of the, out of our round table, Sava, so. Okay. Let's, let's, okay, let's cool. mix up some of these topics. We got, we got some work to do. <laughs> Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the the lovely Zendaya Coleman. Zendaya Coleman, Ooh. pardon me. Um, I I always thought that she was going to be Mary Jane. I mean, I guess it's still kind of suspect if she will, but it, but it's for whatever. Well, I know what the reason is, but there seems to be a lot of controversy the minute that her name came up as potentially Mary Jane Watson, because there's always been a certain look that she's supposed to have. And um, I think this is a modern era. There's a lot of things that have changed in this, this Spider-Man homecoming thing. It's a lot of people of color in this thing. It might as well be Black Panther, uh, <laughs> in a way, for, 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 for homecoming. So I'm going to pass this thing around. Um, I'm hearing people politely say, well, she's not a redhead. I said, okay, that's a code. That's code for she's, not a, she's a woman of color. That's what's going on uh, to me. For them to say, well, she's not already. You know, there's such a thing as die. Anyway, uh, let's go to the great uncanny. What are your thoughts about Miss Coleman potentially getting the love interest gig in this modern take of Spider-Man? All right, so uh, let me let me just preface this with I was on Jamaica Avenue, all right, which is one of the blackest parts of of Queens, all right. When I looked at Twitter and this debate started. Okay, and I saw that person make that comment. Oh, but but she's supposed to have red hair. Black people don't have red hair. And literally sitting across from me was uh, a Latino with hair dyed blonde, 
and a light-skinned black person with red hair. And all I said was, and that's where I made my famous comeback by now, okay, so let's see. If you are down for the changes to Flash and Iris West and Jesse L. Martin, and you're not down for the Zendaya thing, just leave my feed now. Forest Hills, New York, is one of the most diverse towns in not only America, but the world. You have at least, off the top of my head, 50 different nationalities that live there. So it's only natural that if Spider-Man is going to pop up in the modern day, that everything cannot be really white. All right? Hey, I didn't hear you guys complain when Kirsten Dunst was Mary Jane. Oh, a little die and perfect. Oh, and I was like, well, she'd be more suited as Gwen Stacy back then. That's what I said. Oh, Daryl, a little die. The actor is the actor. Okay, well, here's Zendaya. A little die. Good luck. Have fun with your argument. I just turned it on you. All right, folks, these are actors and actresses. If we can do Shakespeare, if we can do, if we can do uh, any of the classical uh, 17th, 18th century uh, plays, then certainly we could do this. All right? I'm, I'm just saying, and I, I hate it when I say that saying because people always want to turn it into a bias type thing, and I'm not using a bias type thing here. I'm just saying. I've, I've, I championed for Donald Glover. I championed for Michael B. Jordan. I, I championed for Will Smith. I knew that these guys can pull off these roles. Okay? Zendaya, I am championing for you, girl. You've heard the haters. You heard them. They, were, they actually it went directly to her Twitter feed to express their hate. So... With that being said, use it as fuel, girl. Use it as fuel and knock this role out of the park. Back to you, Afro Nerd. Yeah, you know, I, I have to channel what you just said because I, I could take this from so many different angles, and I definitely want Claire to put in her spin as well. But uh, first on the redhead thing, I mean, that's just goofy. We, we've seen as, as a thing so much hair color in the last couple of years as, as a popular thing that that's not at issue. I see so many... Uh, you know, redheaded people of color, natural, naturally and unnaturally. How uh, in history, one of the most famous, were there two famous redheads, African American, who crossed paths actually? Detroit Red, aka El Haj Malik, aka aka Malcolm X, was a natural redhead. I know the black and white photographs might fool you, but if you put a, if you put in a color photograph of Detroit Red, <laughs> the reason why he's called Detroit Red is because he was reddish hued, and someone who was a compatriot and and knew him at around the same time was Red Fox, who was also red reddish hued, red haired. Um, not not that uncommon. I know Daryl, you know this. You know how many red red headed Negroes we came across in our lifetime as friends and family and that kind of thing. That's not a big deal. Hell, Afropunk. Yes. <laughs> so 
like to use it as a plug for next week, but uh, Afropunk, we will see black people, or Asian people, Latino people, white people, of every Arab people, or with every type of either hairstyle, skin color, hue, and it will be glorious. All right? So, again, to the haters, it's 2016. Go ahead, Afropunk. Sorry about that. And I, and I got to also mention that when you said the fact that, uh, you know, we can have this Marvel versus DC debate. I mean, I don't really want to do that because I, I'm a fan of both properties and of Image and of Milestone Media. But at the end of the day, one of the things that might put Marvel, might inch Marvel ahead of DC is that they have real-world locales. The fact that we knew from, from, from Steve Ditko's version of, Spider-Man, that Spider-Man was in um, Fresh Meadows. I mean, you know, Fresh Meadows, you said Fresh Meadows has everybody. So if you're going to do, if you're going to do this modern take, this modern take of Spider-Man, you would, you would literally have to have, have it the way that it is, that it's going to be presented. Um, I don't see anyone complaining about Aunt May. Aunt May never looked like that. (laughs) (laughs) The great Marissa Tomei. I mean, this is going to be a... We know Tony Stark's going to get those digits. We know this. <laughs> All right? So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have uh, Claire, and I'm going to have uh, Asava have his point, but Claire, what are, what are your thoughts about this? And, and also, uh, you have a special insight on this because, A, you're an actress, and, B, we begrudgingly want to see, both all of us begrudgingly want to see uh, Doctor Strange... I'm excited about it, but I'm I'm also angry about it because of Tilda Swinton's role that should have gone to, in my estimation, George Takei. That would have been just the get the end all be all. So there's always this thing about when it's people of color time, when it's our roles which are which are minimal, they can flip the switch. The roles that are default, as you say, they get angry. So what are your thoughts about Ms. Coleman? Well, first of all, like I said, nothing has been confirmed or denied. This is all still technically up in the air. But this reaction, regardless of the fact that it was already kind of hinted, as you said, it was already kind of, you know, leaning in that way that there's a possibility that Zendaya would be Mary Jane. But everybody freaking out, all the hate, all the anger, all the outrage. This doesn't shock me. This is not a surprise. I mean, you just said it. You just said it. What few, what few and far in between opportunities in which a character is meant to be of color, meant to represent a different culture, a different ethnicity. Oh, no, it's okay. We're going to get Scarlett Johansson to be Ghost in the Shell. No, no, it's okay. We're going to get Tilda Swinton to be the Ancient One. Oh, Great Wall of China? Oh, well, we should have Matt Damon tell that story. Of course. So, of course, you know, with everybody, you know, knowing full well how vanilla the original, sounds a million years ago, really wasn't that long, but the original Spider-Man trilogy I mean, let's be real. Let's face it. That 
is in no way a reflection of what New York looks like. I mean, that high school was a joke. I mean, that Pleasantville, you know, atmosphere, I'm sorry, but it's not going to fly today. It's not going to fly in 2016. But, but how dare, how dare they, how dare they change Mary Jane? How dare they do that? No. No, the whole thing with the red hair, I don't give a crap about that. I don't take that nonsense seriously. The reason why is because I know what that's code for. So it has nothing to do with her hair, okay? You just said it. Y'all just said it. Kirsten Dunst is not redhead, okay? Neither is Shailene Woodley, who was going to be Mary Jane in the Andrew Garfield movies, but they never got there. A, because the Gwen Stacy character, played by uh, his real-life girlfriend at the time, Emma Stone, that was already, you know, off and popping, and they didn't want to overcrowd it. And, of course, by the time that Marvel, you know, reintegrated this new version of Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man 3 with Andrew was going to be kaput anyway. So we never even got there. But they were going to cast her. They were going to cast Miss Divergent, you know, basically Jennifer Lawrence 2.0. They were going to cast her to be the new MJ, who was also not naturally a red-headed girl. So we all know that red hair has nothing to do with this nonsense, okay? You can go to the drugstore and get yourself a box of Revlon and just change that up. It's not that. We know what that's code for. Oh, she doesn't have red hair, meaning she's not white. That's what that means, plain and simple. Plain and simple. So my reaction to their reaction is just irritation. (laughs) Am I surprised? No. Does that mean that I always am completely on board with these decisions? Not necessarily. See, I'm changing it up on you. I'm flipping it on you. (laughs) Does that mean that I am completely on board with Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm? Does that mean that I'm completely on board with the, you know, completely not – I'm not going to say random – because technically it, it's not. It's actually quite purposeful, and it is quite specific as to why these decisions are made. Why was Iris and Joe West cast with black actors on the Flash TV show? I mean, that is a very specific decision. It's not random. And regardless of whether people want to think, oh, well, diversity for diversity's sake, you know, is pointless and it's, you know, I mean, the hate, the hate that this movie is already getting now is just amazing. I'm I'm reading tweets and messages and comments about people saying that, oh, well, if Zendaya is Mary Jane, then I am boycotting Spider-Man. I was like, oh, my goodness, get real. You know damn well you're going to be in line with the rest of us. We all want to see what happens. Even with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, I'm, I am not going to lie. Even though it is frustrating frustrating to see a Scottish woman dressing up as a monk, 
okay? It's a little frustrating, sure. But does that mean I'm not going to see the movie? Of course not. Of course I am. The Marvel, Marvel, they got me. Whether I like it or not, they got me. They got my money, okay? They know they got me. So that's why they can make these decisions sometimes in a way that I'm a little frustrated by and sometimes in a way that I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's see what happens. And so if you want to know, to sum up how I feel about Zendaya possibly being Mary Jane, I'm I'm kind of just on the fence, like, okay, let's see what happens. I'm not all for it because the problem is is that I know how these white people think. They think that all of this stuff is just a byproduct of the whole, you know, affirmative action mentality. Like, oh, well, to be politically correct, you cast a person of color in this iconic legacy role. You just cast a person of color. It doesn't mean that they're talented. It doesn't mean that they deserved it. It doesn't mean that they're right for the job and that they can really bring something new to this character in their performance. No, you just did it to do it. You just did it to be trendy, to be cool, because all of this, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff is going on, because all of this, you know, heat is on Hollywood for the lack of ethnically diverse characters. You're just doing it to do it, not because this this girl, this actress, was right for the role. I, that's the part that I get frustrated by. That's where I get mad. That's the only thing. So ultimately... Yeah, I'm, we'll see, okay? We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm irritated at the haters. Y'all need to shut up and calm down. Damn. Movie hasn't even come out yet. Cool it. But in terms of the, the decision, whether it's true or not, I'm just kind of like, well, hey, we'll see. We'll find out because I don't really know much about her, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Saba, what, what are your thoughts about Zendaya um, getting this role, and you know something else that uh-huh. because of this this casting sheet that no one's really talking about that could this could easily go into the same realm. Allegedly, he's a great actor, great actor. Bokeem Woodbine might be the shocker as one of Spider-Man's villains. So you know you're seeing you're seeing actually a lot of things that are just changing as to what was conventional for for Spider-Man going back to the 60s. But, again, you're talking about a 50-plus-year-old 50, a 50 uh, franchise I mean, as far as, you know, imprint, and uh, it's uh-huh. 2016. You just, you just can't have it like looking like it did from Amazing Fantasy 15. So what are your yeah. thoughts about these, these uh, turnabouts on the, with the casting of these characters? Well, like, me personally, from from seeing the craziness that kicked off regarding when, you know, uh, regarding Zendaya potentially being casted for Mary Jane. I was like, number one, it's not even confirmed. And two, people are already bugging out. And when I heard, like Claire was saying, I heard the um, the comments about the, the um, quote-unquote her not being a redhead, I was like, well, again, that's basically saying, you know, she's not, she's not, um, she's not white. And, um, the girl hasn't even been judged on her acting skills. No one knows if she's even got the part. And it's like you, you've already seen people's neurosis come out and they start literally just um, just bugging out, you know, really, 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 really bad. And I find it so um, just so disrespectful, you know, to to her, you know, you know, to her because you're, you're receiving all this so-called um, 
hate, and you don't even know. She, you know, you don't even know if she's gonna get um, the part. Um, but regarding the the diversity of um, of people of color coming into movies, and you know, I look at it, it's now twenty, you know, we're twenty sixteen, and a lot of characters, have, people of color, have started to get um, you know roles um, in big movies, and they receive the same you know the same hate. You know, like John Boyega that played Finn, he got you know a notorious amount of hate when they said, "How can you have a black person as a as a white um, stormtrooper?" So. You know, it always it always comes and goes. But I find when you have these quote unquote big iconical characters like someone like Mary Jane, oh no, she you know she can't be of color. Yes, she can because when you look at now, Marvel opening up Doctor Strange, and they've said that with um, Doctor Strange, it's going to open up um, different dimensions, the different realities. So in those realities, you know, in those multiverses that Marvel have, you you are going to have people of um, of color. Regardless, so for me, I'm all for having. I'm actually all for it, you know, for her to basically, um, you know, to get the role because I would love to see um, a change like this. I mean, I guess because I read comics, I know obviously in the comics Mary Jane is white, but you know, I'm cool with it, you know, because I like to see um, a bit of difference. And for me, I don't care if she's black, white, pink, if she's from, you know, Avatar, Neptune. I just want to see if she actually kills the role as Mary Jane, if she becomes, um, you know, if she literally becomes um, Mary Jane. But the people that have been kicking off, if one, you know, you've got these so-called fanboys that are just going nuts because they're not happy with 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 the quote-unquote change in culture and heritage regarding this, this casting. And... Um, you know, number two, you've just got people that are just so, they're just so, they're just so silly. I mean, the, like Cleo said, the movie hasn't even come out yet. And people already, it hasn't come out and they haven't cast it. There's no, no one, it hasn't been confirmed. There hasn't been this much, um, you know, hey, you know, you know, and the thing is Marvel have done this before because if you read, um, you know, regarding the, the Doctor Strange, you know, I'm frustrated with that, but, you know, like Cleo saying, you know, Marvel have my money, so I'll be watching Doctor Strange, but, the ancient one, they messed up because, you know, they ch- they totally changed the culture. But people don't know is um, Chiwetel Ejiofor that plays Baron Mordor is actually, he's a black person. But in the comics, Baron Mordor is actually a white dude. You know, he's actually a white dude. But for me, the reason I take it, Marvel have casted um, uh, him as a character because when you go to, I guess, certain books that I've read, they, they, they quote-unquote say the Moors were black and with black heritage. So in a sense, when you hear the word Baron Mordor, you're talking about the ancient, you know, black people that came out of Egypt and so forth and paid the way for, I guess, parts of civilization. But, I mean, taking it back now, for me, it's like Marvel, they cast these people for a certain reason. And for me, when they cast like Chadwick, uh, you know, Boseman as a Black Panther, you know, I loved it. Um, I, I totally loved it, you know. So for me, and it's not because of his of his quote-unquote being black and so forth, you know, obviously the Black Panther is a black dude, but it's the way he portrayed the persona of that character and he brought him to life. So this is what I want to see with um, with um, Zendaya. You know, she's young, you know, you know, people moaning about her hair. Quote-unquote, you go to the shop, you dye your frigging hair, and you jump on set. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's all simple, man. It's like, seriously, people need to take it, like, seriously, like we tell you, can you take... You take a chill pill. Take that chill pill and relax those cheeks of yours and just woosah, you know, 
It's just like you just see, you just see like the, the you see like then the, the people just bugging out like flinching as like oh no she's no 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 you know you, you know you're dealing with one you're dealing with a company that wants to make money as well you know Marvel out for making great movies and so you know so are DC but at the end of the day they want to make money and from seeing how much diverse characters they have you know in um in uh, what do you call it in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming I was like yeah. Potentially, they could actually have a Mary Jane of color, you know. But so, you know, but they can, you know. And regardless of people are hating and and cussing off the movie and saying it's it's garbage, I'm not gonna watch it, you know. She's not this, and you know, I I'm a comic book fan, and this and that, you know. End of the day, you're gonna go watch the movie, and you're giving Marvel that money. So at end of the day, Marvel make these choices. All these companies make these choices at the end of the day to 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 make uh what's to make money so in a sense you know i'm i'm totally for this this young girl and i'd love to see her actually and if she is cast as Mary Jane, i'd love to see how she grows and evolves as a character and as a cast member even if you know within the next um spider-man franchise but um yeah i'm all for i'm all for it but they, you know my twitter feed i was like come on man you guys are not serious and when i read the tweet when i read the the, the when I read the uh, the article from Comic Resources, it says, you know, has it been confirmed? And I was like, you guys are still literally like, you know, bugging out. You guys need to just like have a, you know, eat, you know, eat a cheeseburger, whatever, and just relax, man. It's only, you know, it's a comic book um, movie, but you know, it's like it's, it's frustrating for me because as a comic book fan, you tend to see certain characters get their identity sucked out. Like when you see. Um, uh, when you see Apocalypse, you know, he has Afro black features. That was sucked out of him. And I was, I was, when I watched the movie, I was pissed. I was like, no. So for me to see this, it's like, I like it because, one, it means a lot to me because I get to see, you know, I'm from Algeria. I'm from North Africa. So I get to see people of my colour and people from all around the world in, in colour representing these movies. So for me, when I saw Chadwick Boseman, I was like, yeah, I, I saw myself in the movie. So I would love for this girl to get the role because for me... It, it means, you know, heritage-wise, I can see myself, and I can see people all around the world be represented in this well, I, book. So. I, oh, I tell you something, that, that's what this show is about, and that's probably yeah. why you reached out to us, because we, we, we rally for these kind of things, and the world is changing, and people really aren't taking this stuff anymore. Um, and I, I, something channeling what Claire is talking about, and we're going to go to a groove in a moment, but I, I do want to mention this quickly, is that yeah. when you think about it, when they start to erase people of color, the few roles that exist, it's not just that they're not just erasing oftentimes a one-off character. Like with, when you, if you erase, which they've done, when you erase the ancient one, you're also erasing Tibetan culture. Mm-hmm. So, and, they, and they do this without, without a thought. If they were to try that, and I'm telling you, they, they would if they could. If they were to try that with the Black Panther, you would literally be erasing even if it's faux African, it was still an Africoid culture, they would be at issue. So when they do this, it's a little heavier than just the, the default character like a, like a Mary Jane. Many of these characters really are replaceable. They, 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 they were always meant to be somewhat bland. In essence, many of these characters can be interchangeable, but we respect that, hey, we grow with these characters. You do want to get someone that looks like what you grew up with. The issue, though, is... This is the third time out with Spider-Man. <laughs> See, even yeah. when, even when Claire even when Claire spoke about 
the Fantastic Four, we never really got that Fantastic Four movie the way we wanted it to be under the MCU umbrella. So we didn't really get the Fantastic Four we really wanted. Once you, if you got that, then the second or third time around, you could experiment. Third time around with Spider-Man, I don't think I don't I don't think anybody wants to see that same story. So I welcome a Black Zendaya if you're going to uh, uh, pardon me a Black uh, Mary Jane. I, I welcome that. After after all this time, who wouldn't? Anyway, Saba, stay on hold. Um, oh. We're, we're going to come back. We're going to go to a quick group, break things up. The gang is all here. Uh, this is the Grindhouse edition, as always, Saturday of Afro Nerd. Um, when we get back, I want to talk about briefly this deal, because I couldn't address it last week, um, and it's still hot to death. This Nate Parker thing, briefly, I want to talk about it. Um, boy, I, I will say this. The charges, the charges against Nate Parker going back two decades are horrific. However, I'm very curious as to why they come up a month, two months before the release of this particular film, I'm not comfortable with that. And the family of the victim also said, why now? So there's more to this than what meets the eye. Anyway, more groove, more discourse. Saba in the house, Claire's in the house, the Uncanny's in the house, and of course yours truly's in the house. This is Get to Know Ya. Nayo, Nayo, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Nayo, I think. Anyway, more groove. We'll be right back.
right, we're back. It's not coincidence I'm playing a lot of UK grooves, Sava. <laughs> a lot of cats across the pond that are getting down. This young lady, I, I, do you know how to pronounce her name? Is it Nao or not? Now? Nao? I think it's Nao. Nao. I think so, yeah. yeah. Would you, would you go, I was going to ask you, what do you guys think of the UK music? Oh, please. oh we love it. <laughs> Dude. Hey, come on now. <laughs> well, well, I don't, I don't know if in the UK you have the same problems we have over here. Over here, yeah. it's a lot. Uh, we're we're fed the mainstream bull all the dang time. You know, I wouldn't have found out about Block Party or TV on the radio if it was conventional uh, conventional mm. radio. But you know, I have friends that play their stuff across the the pond and stuff. I was like a couple of years ago, oh, who are these guys? Oh, you need to check these guys out. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's right when I still remember hit it as a video, you know. So it's, okay. it's stuff like that. I, I we rely on the underground for our most of our music. Ah, uh, no, that's, that's that's that makes sense. It makes sense because everyone. It's funny because everyone. Uh, you know, years ago, we had a lot of my friends that were started to like, they started to MC and rap, and they would always try and um, pick up, be more the take on the the energy or the persona of the guys in the states. So, um, oh yeah, it, please it was, don't. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be talking over tracks all day long. Let the yeah, music yeah, play yeah. And, yeah. and get the party going. Mm. All right, let's get into this topic. Um, I think our friend from Chi-Town is also waiting in abeyance. Let me bring him in because I'm sure he wants to be all over this. And we'll speak about this for a few minutes and then we'll move along. Um, I, I just think, listen, we talk about comic books and, and pop culture also, but this, this film is so important to me that I don't want it derailed. And, I, and it seems like you see how people are ready to go to war over, over a Mary Jane casting, and they, but no one's necessarily shutting it down. When it comes to films that depict history of people of color, especially this particular film, because this film, again, we're talking about Birth of a Nation. And even the, and even the, the title of it is, is interesting, because the first Birth of a Nation, D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation from 1915, was such a, a racist tripe, but it is part of film history. It is considered, it's considered one of the best films ever made, one of them, but it's, it's a completely racist film that was shown in the White House when uh, Woodrow Wilson was in the White House. So now we have Nate Parker, in, I guess in, in a turn of events, uh, Turnabout is Fair Play, where he's naming his movie, Birth of a Nation, talking about the famed slave rebellion with Nat Turner. So this is Django real time. And I think that premise makes people uncomfortable. So lo and behold, uh, this issue with Nate Parker. Nate Parker was this young young guy. Well, you know what? I want I want the, the great the great Sergio Mims to kind of unpack. Sergio, what's up, by the way? Hi, how you doing? How you doing? Pre- pretty good, man. Listen, this is your forte. Unpack for the audience, and always to our listening audience, always check out Shadow and Act. You better do it. <laughs> Shadow and Act. Stay off of that bossip nonsense. At least don't admit that you go to bossip. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Unpack a little bit about Nate Parker and, and your thoughts about what's what's happening to this film. Very, very quickly, some people have been asking how come we haven't covered this on Shadow and Act. The reason why we haven't is that we're working behind the scenes doing an exclusive interview with Nate Parker. Okay. Uh, 
We have someone in L.A. who knows him personally, who has written for us many times before. And the only problem now is that supposedly Fox doesn't want him to do any more interviews. So there may be a sticking point. We will have something. Crap. Anyway, getting, uh, getting back very quickly was that, you know, he's in his mid-30s, mid to late 30s, an actor, not really the greatest impressive resume. He was in the Great Baders. He's in that, um Liam Neeson film nonstop. Uh, he was in uh, Beyond the Lights. And then he stopped acting to work on this project that he's been, Nate uh, Turner project, that he's been working on for 10 years. He raised the money, he shot the film, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Everybody, almost, I'll get to that in a minute, almost everybody raved about it, and it was sold to Searchlight for $17.5 million which is almost twice what the film cost, and it's the most money ever paid for a film at Sundance. Now this whole thing has come out that 17 years ago, he was involved in a rape case and rape trial where basically he and another guy, who is the co-screenwriter, I should say the co-story writer of Birth of a Nation, uh, were accused of basically gang raping a woman when she was unconscious. In 1999, when he was a student, when they were students at Penn State University, uh, he was acquitted. I'm talking about Parker because he had sex with her the night before, uh, which was uh, consensual. His partner was convicted, found guilty, but uh, during a retrial, the charges were dropped because the woman, the victim, refused to show up. Then it came out, after this came out, it came out that she committed suicide in 2012. It was an interview with her brother saying that after this whole incident in 1999, that her life just went in a spiral. She previously tried suicide before, twice, uh, couldn't get her life together, had a son in 2003, and at the time of her death was in an um, institution, a facility. There's an overdose of sleeping pills. Now, the, the thing here about it is that the story is not new. People were talking about this back when he did Beyond the Light, you know. And I had a friend of mine who was at Sundance, and he told me that people were talking about this at Sundance, you know. So it's not a, um, an unknown story. Now, why does it come out now? Well, eventually it was going to come out eventually. And because he has this high-profile movie, it is going to come out. One way or the other, it's going to come out. What was that? Hello, can you hear me? Uh Uh-oh. I hear you. Okay, we got you. Okay. Um... As I said before, it it, it uh, this story the story was going to come out to the wider to the press at large uh, because he has a very high profile movie and of course it's considered well not so much now but it was considered to be a real Oscar film. Now Fox Searchlight has said they're going through with the release of the picture in October. They're still do, going to do an Oscar campaign for the film, though I bet they're not going to have him. As best direct, I mean, as best actor, they're not probably going to push him as best actor, definitely for best director, but not for best actor. They want to somehow push the movie, but make him less of a story. Well, 
let's, let's, let's go around the horn on this one. Uh, well, I'll start first. What he what he uh, had, was alleged to have done is horrific. It, there's no way to get around that. But the the only thing I I I question is, would this have been such a campaign if he was do, doing Right Along too? It's something about this specific film that I think people started to really dig in and say, listen, this film has has empowerment uh, overtones connected to it. Uh, well, no, no, but there's it, something else too. There's something else too. This film. Birth of a Nation also deals with the rape of black women as slaves. In the movie, he goes, he starts on this rampage when his wife is raped in the film. Mm-hmm. And, and who's the actress? Um, Gabrielle Union, who is a rape survivor herself, who has a brief cameo in the film, also talked. Now, this was before this whole thing came out. She also talks about. Um, the importance or how people don't deal with the issue of rape in a serious manner. So it's, yeah, it's, not, it's hypocritical when this is a serious subject matter in the movie, yet he's accused of the same thing. And if you read his, his statement, two statements that he gave, he seems to talk about himself. I did this. I did this. I'm sorry. He never talks about the victim. He talks five times that he's a man of faith. And as I always say, religion is the last refuge of a scoundrel. You know, so, um, it, you know, it's hypocrisy here. It's hypocrisy here in the movie. Now, yes, you can argue that because of the subject matter, some people are trying to put it down. Guess what? And when it comes to Oscars, I, I mean, I can tell you what happened with the hurricane. I can tell you what happened with Argo. I can tell you what happened with other movies where there was a real campaign behind the scenes to destroy the film. You know, well, what people about, forget well, what about, about someone. What about someone like Roman Polanski, though, with what he did, which where there was less murkiness about what. Okay, he did. two things. People compare him and and Woody Allen. In Woody Allen's case, uh, he married he married the girl. Okay, um, and also the fact that. Once again, you, that was several, that was many years ago. In Roman Polanski's case, oh my God, that was I think back in the eighties, seventies, um, right? Now, now the thing also about Polanski is that the woman herself, the victim, she has gone publicly in saying that she has forgiven him. She wishes that he was now allowed back into the country. She has said that. In the case of Nate Parker, she's dead. Now you can argue. But what happened to her, the result of her eventually committing suicide, but that's not good. When this woman is dead from suicide and was going through mental issues. Now, people are – she already had mental issues before this incident happened. Well, that makes it even worse because now he took advantage of a woman who who not only was drunk but also had mental issues she was dealing with. Well, this this is my – this is my my issue. Is that you, Serge? Uh, my no, no, it's okay. Okay. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, my my issue with this thing is a again. Anytime you you try, I'm not defending Nate Parker, but I I do find it problematic that that the media and especially now with social media, that we're literally retrying the case. You you can't retry the case. The guy was acquitted. I mean, when we're told, I mean, this is the irony of this thing. 
Um, when you think of some of the cases that came out publicly that folks didn't like, the verdicts, whether it's O.J. Simpson, but even lesser than O.J. Simpson, let's, let's, say, let's say something like uh, George Zimmerman. As, as African Americans, we're told to accept that. Okay, we're told, we're told that, well, that's the, that's the way the jury came in, weighed in. Uh, many of these, these police, police misconduct cases, when they go not our way, we're told, we had, to, we had to take that. Now you have, you have a, a African-American director who his case went a certain way, and now black folks are saying, well, that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to go. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You know, when, it, when, when a case comes down and you are acquitted, gay or nay, you have to deal with that. That man was acquitted, and we are retrying a case almost two, days, two decades later at the at the helm of a film that has a lot of importance, and I would say if it was if it was uh, Kevin Hart doing his minstrel thing, I don't know if folks would be as 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 um, on top of this. Now, well, Claire, can, can I say one of the thing? Well, let me say one of the thing. Yeah. This is a little problem I have with the movie, and we do this all the time. Is that we oh, there's a certain black film that comes out in which we put all our hope and dreams in it. To be the film that's going to that's going to um, you know answer for all the slights and all the insults we have taken. They did the same thing with Twelve Years a Slave. They, 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 and now it's this film, you know. And I go like, hold back a little, because I have talked to people and they're saying that it's not that great, you know. It's not that great. You know, you may like the story, but his storytelling, the way he told it, isn't the best. Now, something else, too, I have to say is that, um, um, oh, gosh, I uh, just lost my train of thought. Um, well, 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 hold on well anyway, go ahead. Go around the room. Let's go, around let's the room. go to Claire. She's, she's our, our right. young lady on, on the set. And, um, I mean, what do you – I mean, listen – this this is a horrific situation, but I I do feel like I I do feel like when it comes to certain films, uh, this guy has a film history. This could have been put out. It's just, this wasn't like something that wasn't dis- disclosed before. Now it's kind of it's kind of go full steam ahead. Why didn't you go do this ten years ago? Why now? That's my only question. Because he nobody knew who fighting? he was. He was an unknown back then. Who, who was who was Nate Parker was his, back then? Was, ten years ago. His, nah, but. This particular film, these type of films seem to put people in a certain kind of way. For the, for, he's going to be killing white slavers. That doesn't, trust me, when Django came out, that wasn't great either. So, uh, uh, don't say that. Uh uh-uh, uh, don't say that. Don't say that. Because uh, I know you love <laughs> Django, but I'm just saying, Django was oh, our God. Superman. Okay? <laughs> this, is the real, this is the real version. Clay, what are your thoughts about you know the the kind of the Hollywood machine, or is that any any of this working its way in this and social media? I mean, there's a couple of angles that I, I have with it that I think I don't know. I just it just uh, the the victims' parents are saying that the timing of this makes them feel curious. Why would they say that? Well, it is ugly. It's ugly. There's no, you know, ifs, ands, or buts. And we we can use the word, you know, acquitted, and we could use the word alleged all day long. But the story is ugly. 
It's it's disturbing. So, what does this mean for the movie? Well, I mean, as uh, as as Serge mentioned, uh, it it could very well kill the movie's chances of of getting in on certain nominations because the whole thing is is that now it's like well we want to push the film because money has been spent already okay money has been invested we had all this you know hullabaloo about us at uh I'm sorry what was it can uh, the Cannes Film Festival was it oh, Sundance? Oh, oh, sun, Sundance. 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 Sorry. Okay. So, so they're just they're trying to figure out their strategy. You know, this is a this is a PR nightmare. It's not something they couldn't have foreseen because, as you said, this story is not new. The story is is almost twenty years old, and it's probably surfaced here and there. You know, throughout throughout Parker's uh, budding acting career, perhaps, but the point is, is that now there's a lot more at stake. I mean, all eyes are on him and this movie. If you want an Oscar, you better believe that people are going to be digging in, digging in into your life, into who you are, who you were, who you've associated with. You know the content of the film, the purpose of the film, all, all of it, all of it. I understand where you're coming from, Debert, in terms of it feeling suspect. Like, oh, is this, you know, the timing of it? Oh, they're trying to destroy this movie because because the story empowers um, a black male figure. I I get where you're coming from in terms of the timing and how it how it seems, how it comes off. But ultimately, wherever there's, you know, wherever someone comes into a position of of notoriety, of of power, of of coming up in the world, especially especially coming up in Hollywood, oh come on, Hollywood! This is Hollywood, baby. We love a good scandal. We love sleaze. We love all of this drama. We love it. We love it. In fact, you know, more often than not, I'm hearing about all these situations in which sometimes the behind-the-scenes issues that take place are, in fact, more interesting than the project itself. So I don't know what to tell you in terms of, you know, why people are coming down so hard on this now. And you're right. You're right. It is being retried in the media, like 17, 18 years later. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm not saying it's right, I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm, I, I, I'm not indicting Parker, I'm not accusing him of anything. I know all of what you said in terms of the facts. Like I said, acquitted, alleged, this, that, and the other. The point is, is that the court, the court of public opinion it's a very powerful thing. And Let's, sadly, so unlike like, you know, Woody Allen or Roman Polanski or some of these other situations, it's it's easy to say, Oh, it's because he's a he's a up and coming black man, so of course they're gonna crucify him whereas Woody Allen and Polanski can can, you know, get off 
with a little, you know, tap on the wrist. But I don't know. I don't know exactly how this will play out. I really don't know. It's just, it's unfortunate because it's not fair to the movie. It's not fair to the story that is, 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 you know, that he's trying to tell. It's not fair to Nat Turner. It's not fair to the people who, who invested their time and money and resources in trying to bring this to life. It's not fair to that, of course. But uh, beyond that, I don't know what else to say. Well, well, in, terms, in, ter- in terms of the marketing, I, I don't think this is going to hurt the film. Let me put, well, let me phrase it this way. Men I've talked to, I'm talking about black men I've talked to, they're talk. They sound. They're. They're like with Ebert. They think it's a conspiracy. Why they're trying to bring this film down? Black women I've talked to, two or one, they're very conflicted, extremely conflicted. Well, I have talked to point. some black. I have talked but, to some black women already, friends of mine, who are not going to see the picture. They refi- they're not going to see the film, and they were looking forward to this picture, but they're not going to see it because they're so shocked and hurt by what uh, Nate Parker has done. And there's some others I've talked to, they still don't know. They, they still don't know. Now, here's the thing about the Oscars. As you recall, earlier this year, it was the whole thing, Oscars so white, you know. So um, the, the, the problem was that this film was looked at one of these movies to be nominated next year to show that the Oscars weren't so white. Now, that has diminished for... Uh, of uh, uh, Birth of a Nation, but there are two other black films that I think now there's going to be a big push on for Oscars for the black film. One is Moonlight, which is a gay black film, which is getting. Uh. <laughs> no, no, hey, don't say that. Hey, hold easy on. there, easy there. Easy there. Go ahead, directed, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, did you, did you like <laughs> Medicine for Melancholy? Uh, I've heard of it. Okay. It was directed by that guy, Barry Jenkins. And this is his new movie. And if you've seen the trailer, the trailer looks amazing. Okay. The other movie is Fences. Denzel Washington's film version of the August Wilson August play. August Wilson play, that, yeah. he, that he directed with Viola Davis. Okay. Let, let, me, let me bring me. in – hold on, sir. Let me bring in okay. because of, of time constraints. Um let me bring in Q Storm because I know he's biting at the at the lip to say some words on this. Q, is that you? Yes, sir. Um, What's up, man? Well, you know this is really a tragic situation. <clears throat> but the second I heard, I'm going to say it. The second I heard the race of the victim, and the second I heard that she killed herself, I was like, this guy. He he'll be doing director video. He'll be lucky to get that kind of work in the next few years. <laughs> Um, I really don't understand. I mean, I get it. You know, it's OJ all over again. Uh, OJ was acquitted, but no one, no one wanted. He was a he was a, a pariah from from hence on. <clears throat> um, but what what I find interesting is that people are saying, well, I guess such as yourself. Why is this being relitigated now? I mean, haven't we gone through this over the last three years with another black celebrity where? Yeah. He was acute. It was known for years what he what he was allegedly doing, and one washed-up comedian whose career is back on track now made a joke, and it was and it was relitigated because pe- it's fresh now. People, I didn't know that this was happening. That this happened with Nate Parker. It's fu- when I saw him in the Great Debaters, I was like, oh my God, he's the next Denzel Washington. You know, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. 
I thought so, so this too. is all new to a lot of us, and we're and so we're 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 dealing with it. That's that's what's that that's the issue right there. I don't think this man. I think this man should be able to make a living because he was he was acquitted. But I get why people may not accept the 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 ruling of the court. It's the public court of public opinion and Twitter that is just as, weighs just as heavy on on, on accused people. No, well, you keep saying acquitted. People saying he was acquitted. When people hear that, what they what they hear is he's found not guilty. I got away to be with more it. specific, he was found he was found not guilty. No, That's the actual terminology. No, people people thinking like he got away with it. He got lucky. He got away with it. The other guy got convicted. And here's the other thing too. Why would you still associate with a guy who you got in trouble with 17 years ago in a situation like this? You would think that, I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. Or you would think the guy would say, I don't want to deal with Nate anymore because I was almost, I almost went to prison, right? But they're still together. They're still, they're still his bro. And he co-wrote the story. And that says to me that these two guys don't think they did anything wrong. Well, well, that's the whole thing. We we don't know that we don't know if they really did it. That, well, that's Look, the I thing. Read, right. No, I, I, no, I read I read the whole court transcript, and also what the telephone calls that he made to the girl afterwards, and then the fact that she was stalked by these guys twice. You know, they kept stalking her. They kept harassing her. She had Sergio. to leave school. She came back hearsay. and still harassed her. This what? is hearsay. This is hearsay. We weren't there. Oh. We weren't there. But I hear, I got you. I got you. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. That's why in a situation like this, it's good to kind of distance yourself and not immediately jump to his defense because, you know, because the film is so important, the story must be told, oh, it's conspiracy, oh, they're out to get us. And it's important not to jump to, to to smite him down and to destroy him because again we don't know exactly what took place. I hear what you're saying though. It it looks a little weird. It reads a little funny that you would still hang out and work with and partner up and co-produce or co-write or whatever with a man that almost you know that almost got you you know in the same boat in jail. In jail for 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 a mess that is haunting you to this day. So yes, you're right. That looks a little weird. But going back to what you mentioned before, going back to what you mentioned before, I agree with what you said. I agree. I don't think that we should still be so, you know, so excited to look at these black quote unquote movies with immediate, you know, rave and support and, and, and adoration and accolades just for the sake of saying, oh, well, a brother directed this, a brother wrote this, a brother starred in this, oh, and the character, he's the, he's the hero. Because ultimately, and I've said this before on the show, when it comes to the Oscars, regardless of the fact of whether or not it was the Black Lives Matter or the Oscars So White or the whatever situation that we've been in the last two years, Oscar bait, you know, what falls into that category are these slave movies. The assumption is that if it's a slave movie, that, oh, yeah, of course it's going to be nominated, of course it's going to be, you know, awards fodder. And I don't think that's right, personally. Well, 
Personally, well, I'm tired of seeing black people in that way. Well, let me tell you I'm something. I'm sure y'all are too. Well, let me tell you something though. This, this is a little different. Yeah, it is. Different. It is. This this kind of movie, I don't know if the Oscars, Oscars would really want to give it up for this movie. The same way they didn't want to give it up for Malcolm X. Because this movie talks about a, a slave rebellion and killing white people. And that that would make the Academy, I, I can't foresee that. In some kind of way, they're not going to feel comfortable with that. It's like Django makes people feel uncomfortable. They, I mean, the, the morality of killing your, of killing your uh, slaver is is on point. If, if, in a modern it's day, if someone nominating the movie, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, it still got that, nominated. I mean, this and this particular Tarantino case movie still won. Christoph, take you know, whatever Christoph Waltz still yeah, won. It won. It won. Yeah, but but as far as like this movie, where you're seeing a, a preponderance of black people killing slave owners, that is a very Nate, not turn to frighten people. We're, the whole when I I grew up with Nat Turner, um, hell I can, I can't not remember not knowing about the story of of, of Nat Turner. It's like I can't not remember uh, the story of Two Something Overture in Haiti. Well, you're you're lucky, D. Burke. They didn't teach that in my school. Now, well, the Oracle made sure. They didn't teach it in my school either. But the, the Oracle sat me down and told me this stuff. But anyway, I know so about con- record. Well, hold on. I know record. about Congressman Congressman De- uh, Ronald Dellums. Uh, when I was a little kid, my father made sure that I just knew these people. You know, uh, and also f- for historical record, Nat Turner was not the only slave rebellion. There were oh, yeah, many, we and it was there was a huge one in Louisiana. It was even bigger than the one Nat Turner uh, uh, started. But, and, but, but and think they, about it. But but think about it. Even even during the time of slavery, it was always this deal of squelching the idea of rebellion. So you can think, in real time, you couldn't have this thing go out there like that. So now in the movies, uh, we don't want that to even be portrayed. We, we're more comfortable with seeing black folks as docile people, not as empowered people bringing it to your ass. No. They're not comfortable with that. So my issue, with, my issue and I'm, going, I'm channeling Claire on this one, I would prefer to just kind of have a, a median, kind of a, a middle road viewpoint of this whole situation. I'm not going to retry this guy. And we're always told when, when verdicts come down against us, we have to take that. When Zimmerman got, when Zimmerman got off, we had to eat that. So, so I'm finding peculiar that, these, that black women now are like, well, I don't know. Well, listen, we're at a time where in the 30s and 40s, just a hint, just a whisper of a white woman claiming rape would have your behind strung up. No trial. So in the modern era, a black man went through, went through the, little, the legal system and was found not guilty. That, that has to be, you have to put that in a, in a, in a historical context, that at 100 years ago, this wouldn't fly. He went through the system, through the system that we have a problem with, the system said, okay, a white woman in the latter part of the 20th, 20th century, this guy was found not guilty. That does mean something. Can I can I ask a question? I, yeah. I I'm old enough, and I think we all are here. Maybe Claire is uh, is a lot younger than we are, but I remember where I was when they read the OJ verdict. OJ verdict, <clears throat> and black men and women were cheering, stomping up and down, just elated. And this man was accused of killing people. 
And so wh- why do we not accept, why would they not accept this this verdict and, and, and keep it moving? Right, maybe that's, well, maybe that's a little hard. Maybe that's a little harsh. Well, well yeah. first of all, two reasons. Two reasons. Of murder. Say again? No, you cut out. You cut out. We're going to go another two minutes, then we're going to move along. Cause I don't, this okay. is a comic book show. This is not Wednesday show, but go ahead. <laughs> it feels like Wednesday, gentlemen, but go ahead. Yeah, the, 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 oh, and by the way, please see if you haven't seen it, O.J. Made in America. Anybody hasn't seen that? That was on ESPN, the eight-hour document. Yeah, the 30 for 30. Yeah, 30 for It will knock your eyes out. <laughs> I saw it in one day. It's that good. Um. What did I tell you was that uh, also, but the other thing about Nate Parker, a lot of black women were through him anyway when it came out he had a white wife. All right, well, that's another story. <laughs> I'm done. No, OJ had a white wife too, and they loved him. I don't get it. Help me out with that. No, wait, okay. Let me, no, but, let me, no, no, I'm, I'm going to jump no, in. But, I sat back and listened. No, 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 but OJ, OJ wasn't political. He wasn't a conscious brother like Nate Parker. Nate Parker said all the right things. He was pro, pro, pro black, and then black women found out he's married to a white, a white woman. It's not like OJ. Joe, uh, OJ was never a political person. He never made any kind of political statement. <laughs> that makes it worse to me. He didn't yeah. care. He didn't do anything political. He didn't speak out. He wasn't a voice for black people. He only right. dealt with white women. But let's cheer for him, and let's throw Nate under the bus who got acquitted. Okay, makes sense. All right. Well, the the way I look at it is is it's because, and it goes back to what Sergio said, this is the Ray Rice versus Greg Hardy thing, okay? If the woman was still alive, all right, and the the family, you got the family and stuff before saying why was this brought up and all of that, and the woman was still alive saying I moved on, da, 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 it would not be like how it is. Exactly. And this is where, this is where also... Where the the point I think Claire brought up get, uh, partnering with the same guy, where all the trouble that heaps more more on you. And the reason why I say it's Ray Rice versus Greg Hardy is both of them had domestic abuse things. Okay, problem was Ray Rice's one was on video. And it was shown on every news cycle, and it was looped, and it was looped, and it was looped. And that got people like, oh, he's a monster. Oh, for one moment. With Greg Hardy, all you had was police reports. And then later on, a picture of her bruises came out. But by then, the, the story isn't as hot. Okay? Nate Parker is on the cusp of having this movie released. And then, uh, like, like the studios or whoever was against the movie was like, let's wait a second. Let's wait a second. Let's wait a second. All right, we're going to put it out there now. <laughs> right where the buzz is going, right where this is where you ramp up and get the advertising and ramp up to put everything out there. They, this was calculated, all right? Nate Parker and his partner did wrong here. And, yes, Nate was acquitted. Okay, and he did, he's done a lot to try to put this behind them and make and make, uh, and make reparations if possible for it, at least in his personal life. But people are not going to see that. All people are going to see is that he was a part of this, and the girl is dead. 
And in social media, that's like a nuclear submarine missile to your ship. <laughs> Boom. And unfortunately, that's what's happening now. Now, again, I don't know Nate Parker. I don't know anything from a hole in the wall. All right, I I heard echoes of what happened here. Matter of fact, Sergio, you brought this up on the show. <laughs> on this show, when we first talked about this, you said, given some things that happened in Nate Parker's past, it's amazing that this happened. And you brought up that there was an incident, and we're hearing about the incident now. The mm-hmm. thing is, we go so emotionally one way or the other on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, where it's like there is no room for gray. There is no let's wait to see how it pops out. We jump right away. And unfortunately, one of the greatest transgressors and one of the greatest like, like uh, energy stars of that are black females. <laughs> Once black females heard this whole story, who didn't know about what Nate Parker's thing was before, you could see it jump and jump. And I went, oh, man, (laughs) the claim is going to be gone. So we will wait to see how this plays out. But I fear a, a lot of damage has been done. And there's some things that you do in life that you can just never get back from. And unfortunately, this and is also, wonderful. C- compared to this to O.J. Simpson, don't forget, O.J. Simpson, that whole thing happened over 20 years ago. Times have changed. Attitudes <laughs> have changed. 20 years ago, you could still I think and we, rape. Okay. You can't do that Sir, anymore. Your, 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 your phone's breaking up. Let's move things along. <laughs> I know that our left coast correspondent wants to talk about comic books, as, all, as do we all. Uh, but I, I, had to, I had to address this because it, it's, it's kind of hot... And um, I didn't talk about it. I couldn't have t- spoken about it last week, so it's still a pop culture thing. Anyway, I hope the I hope the film. Not, I, I'm not even concerned about Nate Parker. I'm just talking about the the film, the piece of art. I hope the artwork is able to kind of move forward, and and we're able to kind of look at the film for what it is, and not retry the man because you really can't do that. I mean, you just can't. You you would agree with that, right? I mean, you 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 can't retry people. We're doing it anyway, but you're not supposed to do that. I think that's the part I find I find offensive. All right, uh, let's let's move things along to quickly. Let's actually talk about this Runaways TV show that may be coming on Hulu. Um, Claire, what did you hear about this, and what are your thoughts? I know Daryl knows a lot about Runaways, and I used to read Runaways also. Um. The information that's been released has actually been quite limited. Um, all we know so far is that a adaptation, you know, is going to be created uh, for a Hulu series by the makers of the TV show Gossip Girl. So I personally don't know what to make of that. Um, but to be fair, to be fair, I, I'm not too familiar with the Runaways comics, and I'm Certainly not too familiar with Gossip Girl, but uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the first time that Marvel and Hulu is going to be working together on one of their properties. So I mean, that's really the most the extent of the knowledge that I have on the on the matter. You know, that's, that's the other thing too, Daryl. What, what is what's up with? I mean, 
here we have another streaming service. Why isn't there a conflict there, or, or, or should there be one? You know, Hulu, there's a Marvel Hulu thing now, and there's a Netflix Hulu thing now, a Marvel Netflix thing. Should there be conflict, or just, you know, let me bring back Sava. You dropped off, Roman. What are your thoughts about that? Well, it, it, it's simple, and it's good business, actually, okay? You, we already established that there's a cap on Netflix, for Marvel projects. There's a cap. Beth, there's a cap. We're going to do two Marvel projects a year. All right? One in the fall and one in the spring. I guess that's how it was separated this year. You know, you, you had the Daredevil Season 2 that happened late winter, early fall. Okay? And now you're going to have, have uh, well, Luke late winter. Yeah, and now you're going to have Luke Cage right, right here in the, the summer going into fall. So essentially, in that spot in the middle, hey, there's no Marvel TV outside of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on television. Uh, so why not do it? I mean, they're, they're fully in bed with Netflix. Okay, so they got that, and it's no secret that Hulu's been wanting to get superhero-themed programming on. I'm I'm sure that they've had to go uh, or go to Disney and Netflix, have a joint meeting, and go, this is how this project differs. It won't be like this. And also, we, we know that Disney really wants that tween market. What better situation to bring up for the tween market than runaways <laughs> four five six depending on how you look at it six kids whose families are secretly well i can't get into that without uh developing a, a major plot point but they, but they have the all all, all of our adults are evil line and they essentially run away from their folks it, it only it, it, they're in the Marvel Universe A and B. You know, it's a perfect thing for tweens and young adults. You know, this this would be the C a CW type show if CW wasn't Warner Brothers. Well, well <laughs> that's, that's why I ha- well that's why I have to ask you about that because if you remember the, the at least the first run of Runaways. It was pretty dark. Like it started. It oh, started yes. out. It started out very. <laughs> CW-ish, but then at some point when you talk about, you know, parents, I mean, let's just put it out there. It's not really a, it can't be a spoiler if the book's been around for 10 years. Uh, to the listening audience, Runaways is a Marvel book, uh, teen-oriented book, teen protagonists that have special powers, special abilities that they discover at some point, but they also discover that their parents, their parents who have been trying to hide their abilities to a certain degree, if I remember correctly, that their parents are in actuality supervillains, that they belong to the secret society of supervillains. But they were raised, the kids were raised very normally. So you could, you, you could imagine if you were raised, imagine the Obamas raising you. <laughs> I hate to put, a, put that out there. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, and Sasha and Malia turn out to have these powers, and they're looking at these very noble parents that act like everybody else, but at some point, when those powers become become known, these parents that raised them to be moral, normal kids, the parents turn out to be Doctor Doom of that level. 
<laughs> the evil Mecca Fantastic Four. <laughs> no, it, it, look, it, it, it's great. I, I would love to see it. I, matter of fact, how many times on the show have I said, this is the animated thing I've been waiting Disney to do? Because well, I, I didn't think, my, well, I didn't yeah. my point. My point is, just, to, just quickly, is that Marvel, Marvel Netflix, you already know the tone of their imprints. You know the Punisher, Iron Fist, uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, all these imprints, Jessica Jones especially, they're very dark. So if, it's a, if, if Hulu is doing this, doing this uh, Runaways thing, Runaways is also kind of dark. At least, it, it, start, at least it, it ends up being that way. Yeah, but so will, will, will Hulu provide like a similar tone that Netflix provides? It, they, That's they're the looking. To, they're looking to hook in those tweens. They're looking to hook in like like we adults have been loving the the stuff on Netflix. But I could tell no, you, I'm talking about Runaway specifically, Daryl. No, but Runaway t- specifically. No, but this is what I'm telling you. This is their Justin Bieber for hip hop. This is what this is going to be. We're going to hook in the tweens. We're going to hook in the young kids with what it is on the surface. Parents that haven't read the book are going to be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be perfect, perfect, perfect. And then they're going to do the twist. At the end of the first volume, this thing changes tone dramatically. <laughs> and that's right, why let's, a lot let's of... Go to, let's, let's, let's go to our U.K. brethren. Let's go to our U.K. brethren. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry to cut you off, but we've got to be magnanimous. Uh, Saba, what are your what are your thoughts about? Well, first of all, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, there's definitely a Netflix UK. Uh, yeah. What are your What are your impressions of the Marvel Netflix series, and what are your thoughts about Runaways getting a Hulu version of their of their TV series? See, I'm not. Ver- what book. is what is what is um what is Hulu? So I'm, I'm not ver- I've never I've never pretty much heard of it. Who oh, is Runaways? No, no, no well, Hulu. Uh, Hulu. Hulu is like uh, Netflix, all right, okay. except it's online only. Um, now have oh, they switched to television option for Hulu yet? I'm not too sure. Yeah, well, well, what it is, it's, it's like Netflix, okay? And, okay, and it's okay, got cool. a certain number of shows and movies, and now they're doing original content. And the thing is, Marvel's always been in bed with Netflix, but now with uh-huh. this, they're going to branch out to Hulu. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. I get you. Well, I would say my, my take on the 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 Marvel Netflix is is pretty cool because it gave um, one it gave DC a run because DC's uh, TV shows are very very um, are very dark toned um, but are pretty cool as well. So I think Marvel Netflix was a way to get that type of um, audience within the Marvel universe. But because you know Disney set up. Disney did say that they will never produce apparently a, an R-rated Marvel movie, so I take it the Netflix um, umbrella is to have those dark tone um, characters. I do, I do like the the um, I do love the the Netflix um, uh, shows just because for me um, what Marvel do they take a lot of chances with their characters. I mean it's like. Even I mean, even going off topic regarding Agents of Shield, if you've never read Agents of Shield, a comic book, you would pretty much not know about Agents of Shield and, until you, it was introduced into like the Avengers. Um, 
you know, characters like um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, you know, are characters that are not well known within the mainstream um, media unless you've actually read um, those type of their comic books. You know, even for Doctor Strange, he's, a, he's an underground character, you know, that's never been into the mainstream apart from, say, the animated um, TV shows. Sorry, the animated, uh, yeah, sorry, the anim- animated TV shows. But what I like about, um, I guess for me, the Netflix show is they take more chances with with uh, with characters that um, are very very kept in the dark, but they're giving them um, a light. So um, regarding the Runaways, I remember I think I only I only have um, issue one, you know, and I totally forgot about this the the the, the, uh, the heroes being sorry the parents being supervillains, um, but I think they've done Runaways I guess maybe because one. I know that the Netflix and Netflix is, is super cramped up with TV shows on top of the Marvel TV shows. So I think Marvel, I just want, want basically to have, I guess, more um, exposure within, within, within their brand. So with the Runaways and going to Hulu, um, however, you, however you pronounce it, um, I think they're, they're, they're trying to expand. Um, but producing a, a comic book um, TV show like the Runaways means for me, they're trying to go for the younger audience, just like, you know, if you're on Snapchat, you know Snapchat is for the younger youth. And hence why when an Instagram update came, they tried to snatch all the kids from Snapchat into Instagram. So as a marketing move, I reckon they're trying to get the, the youths at a younger age and I guess introduce them more into, um, into, uh, into comic books early. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they do this um, show because it's a it's a you know it is it is a dark um it's a dark show but i agree what you what you were saying hence probably at the end of maybe the first season or the you know maybe the first five six episodes it might it might twist and have um a very very dark uh tone but like i said me i'm I'm, i just want to i just want to basically give it a go but i would love to see them use the actual you know maybe the concepts or segments from the comic book into this tv show to see how it manifests and how the people actually um take it i got see about tv shows i would love for them to do the uh miss marvel um the current miss marvel comic book i would love for her camilla Khan to have her own tv show something that's um different if they ever was to do that tv show that will that will probably burn (laughs) burn a hole within the planet because it'll probably kick up so much of uh, of a fuss, but um, well, we well we first yeah. we first got a chance to check her out. Uh, I think a week ago or two weeks ago in an animated form. And oh, the really? uh, oh, cool. yeah, they, they, the oh, wow. the the Avengers Assemble. One of the recent episodes ah. ha- had her and an, another out. Inhuman. I forgot the what was Inhuman's name that that, that could, has a firepower, Daryl. Crystal. Oh, I know. no, uh, what's his name, man? Uh, I, I know who you're talking about. I've totally you're going to Avengers name. Assemble. I'm going back to Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I mean, you're no, no. speaking well, a foreign the, language to me. Well, <laughs> in, well, yeah, well, he, Avengers oh. Assemble just came out. The, you know, they just season three, I think, just started, and, and uh, they're on this Ultron thing. Ultron again mm-hmm. is the main villain, but uh, the Kamala Khan character was made an appearance, so she's definitely being kind of put out there slowly. So I could see a live action version. For her, mm-hmm. um, I would love to see that. So um, definitely, I mean, you know, my only yeah. thing is, is like, you, like I, like I said, with the Hulu imprint, I'm just concerned that. Well, listen, I want to look at this stuff anyway. 
I, I like cheesy teen stuff like everybody else. Um, but at the same time, just like the Lost Boys, I don't know if we've mentioned that, Lost Boys, the 80s, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, kind of a, a, it was definitely a hit, very popular 80s vampire thing. When Vampire Diaries closes out this this next season, they're going to bring a, a Lost Boys TV series to the CW. And, and that was another one where things were kind of light, but then it goes dark. And I don't necessarily want to see, like, some happy, you know, happy, joy, joy kind of thing. I want things to, I wanted to see what I see in the comic book. Because mm-hmm. that, inter- that was interesting to me. I, 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 um, I bought the book, and, and it, it, the fact that it flipped, it flipped that way as a reader was interesting. I never forgot that book. I know Dad knows about this. I bought that book for one way. And when it flipped where these, these parents were evil, I was like, wow, this isn't exactly what I expected. It was different. I hope we get to see that on screen. Maybe we will. I, I, I don't know. Possibly. Well, it's, again, cornering the market now. So now now the, the, the Marvel folks have got uh, the Netflix, and now we're going to start up with Hulu. We don't know what the nature of the, the Hulu arrangement is. But it's hard to think that they would do something like this without at least talking to Netflix first, okay? Hey, we're still waiting for the inroads to be made with ABC Family. If you notice, those shows that they were going to do on ABC Family have, like, disappeared. We were supposed to get a couple shows there. Well, Freeform is ABC Family, and allegedly that's going to be Cloak and Dagger. And that's another thing. Cloak and Dagger, well, Freeform is, is, is really the teen imprint um, TV deal. Now, that clearly is being put out there. That, that's being, from the, from the onset, we're being told Freeform is going to be ABC, Disney, Marvel, teen. I don't, Hulu, it, you know, I don't know. It seems kind of weird that, that they would put Runaways on Hulu. Why not Freeform? So they could be some kind of interconnected thing with Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, if it's all connected like we're being told. Or not told. That's what bothers me. Also, you have Marvel on Netflix. You have ABC. You have Freeform. You have Hulu. And um, you know, initially we were thought to believe that this is all connected. Now we don't know. Well, hey, that right now Marvel can do like no wrong, but it, it, it only takes one slip up. It does only take one slip up, so we we gotta it, it, they gotta just keep on going with quality. But how long can you consistently produce quality? You know, it's a double-edged sword. All right, listen, let's go sure. through a quick another quick groove. When we get back, uh, I know Claire's gonna really want to chomp in on this one. Uh, io9.com put out a Uh-oh. question: <laughs> What went wrong with this summer's blockbuster? So you have oh, a litany no. of movies. <laughs> Olivia movies that really just didn't do. Oh man! So, oh man! Uh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Let Let me get the tranquilizers now. Oh I, I man! Can, you know uh, what is the character that um, that Wolverine, uh, the Wolverine uh, clone? What, what's her name? X nine oh, or something? X twenty. X twenty three. X twenty three. Linda. I, I yeah. uh, Linda. I Laura. Cla- I envision Claire being able to take that role. And kill oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. So uh, we might get a, we might get a little taste of that about 
Well, we try to answer what went wrong with this summer's blockbuster. So, folks, this is the Grindhouse. We have our, our friend from uh, from across the pond sitting in with us, Saba Sounds. Sergio um, Q, strap in. Thank you. <laughs> Q is still on. Q is still with us. So we're, we're going to try to get to this thing. This is this. The topic made me angry. Wow. I will confess. Wow. <laughs> I will confess. All right, this is new from De La Soul, believe it or not. Greyhounds featuring, of all people, Usher. We'll be right back. Fresh from a Bible Belt town. That's what she's giving up. Not really living, just flesh coming off a Greyhound. That's what he think of her, right at a blink of her eye, he provides her with charm. Hide that he is a shark, suggest a few apartments, never hints to the home. That's what he want to do, she just want a new zip code for an old dream. Lost in her appetite, now the Big Apple might find her a habit of a queen. Build her an eagle that's filled with a legal match, road destination unknown. She's little Bo Peep and her and her whole sheep Gonna have a wool on song Not a wolf, give a push Now watch her jump in with two feet Blue heat, don't know how to swim through the limbs Everyone hugging her, tugging her Ride on the merry-go-round of four drinks Two white lines go fast with the fast life So she needs more, one fun fix Now a daily chore, provide score Written and produced so perverse He's a pro well-versed Told her that the purse that she want with the shoes that she love and the rent that she need paid, she could earn with speed in a day. Escort on a high class style. Champagne, glass, rice, white snow, waterfall. Though how time flies when you're flying, crash and burn. She learned that her soul was dying. That's worth saving. She's craving that Bible Belt town. So she crawls back on the gray hat. Next up, NYC, take your seats, please. I know exactly where you're going I can see it on your face I know how to get there And I'll give you my word that I'll get you there safe I don't need to check your baggage I don't need to know your name All I need to know is By the time you arrive, you'll forever be changed Fresh new Gucci belt, bound Fast to the cityscape, dash to the liver fates Dashed in the duffel bag, proud no scary cat, life always spared in that hand that the gamblers fold. No chips if the scramble got cold. But them warm cushions in them soft bus seats, push that second thought along beneath the roof of a super 80s sleeps till it's nighttime. Then connects in the streets like a pipeline. In dark shades, he supplies dark brigades of lost souls with his chemical morsels. He's no lab tech. He was born into a legacy stretch from Aztecs and beyond. Assets he was drawn to. Had him spinning the wool over his mother's eye. He's the black sheep. His pops career driven. He's the backseat. The man in the wheel of cruises on sunrise. That the man brought eyes to his pay per view. The kind of paper make a fool shoot a steak through. A tape of labor suit. Until he's can bait. Until a pancake pockets change the landscape. We'll take a short visit home in the town. It's time to re up. It's back on the greyhound. Next stop, NYC. Take your seat, please. Exactly where you're going, I can see it on your face. I know how to get there, and I'll give you my word that I'll get you that same. I don't need to check your baggage, I don't need to know your name. All I need to know is by the time you arrive, you'll forever be changed. 
okay? So you have to understand that they have had a long gestation period between pre-production, production, and post. So that's what it makes it so interesting to me is that while I can, to a certain extent, understand what DC, you know, the fact that they're trying so hard to play catch-up, what's interesting, the irony of them trying so hard to move things along and push the extended universe, push Justice League, push everybody together and just put as much as they possibly can, you know, into the mix. They wanted to put, you know, Dark Knight, they wanted to put Super Death of Superman, they want to put, you know, Wonder Woman. They 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 have Wonder Woman basically, you know, on her computer watching the Justice League, you know, outline. I mean, they were trying to cram everything. Doomsday, Dark Side, now they're going to get Steppenwolf. I mean, they are in a hurry, in a hurry on paper. But what's interesting is that they take a long time to get things going, that they start talking about what they want to do two years, three years before we see product. So... So, what's interesting is is that while they, in some ways, like I can say it's admirable, while they they promoted and they marketed the hell out of V versus S, and particularly with Suicide Squad, the movies are, well, you know how I feel, okay? You know how I feel. <laughs> when it comes to a movie like Star Trek, Beyond, Star Trek Beyond is actually, what it comes down to it, it's all right. I had fun. I had fun. I enjoyed myself. But as predicted, it's underperforming. It's not doing as well as either the first one that came out in 2009 or Into Darkness that came out in in, uh, 2013. And sadly, I'm not faulting Justin Lin I'm not faulting anybody in particular in terms of uh, Simon Pegg, who co-wrote the script, or the performances. I'm not, I'm not faulting any one thing in particular. But the irony of it all is, is that you are, you have a lot more at stake here. You are an established franchise. This is the 50th anniversary. So you should be marketing the hell out of this, and they didn't. They failed big time on that. They released a trailer that had the Beastie Boys throughout the entire, you know, the entire three-minute run of it, two, two and a half, three-minute run, which kind of threw people off in terms of the tone, and then they disappeared. They didn't, they just went radio silent, and they didn't release another trailer for four months. So people literally forgot that a Star Trek movie was even coming out. And that's unfortunate because the movie is actually pretty decent. It's pretty decent. Um, in terms of all these other movies that have come out, I mean, really, it's been barren. It's been desolate. This has been, everyone in Hollywood has agreed. This has been a very terrible summer for movies, not just because they're underperforming. And you can theorize that it's, uh, you know, sequelitis. It's franchise fatigue. You can say all that, but the problem is is that there really just wasn't much to choose from, okay? 
So we had Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse in May. We had Independence Day Resurgence and Warcraft in June. We had Ghostbusters, Star Trek Beyond, Jason Bourne in July. And then, of course, most recently in August, we had Suicide Squad. So there really wasn't a lot going on. And sadly, most of these movies were either plagued with bad publicity, negative, you know, press, which, fair or not, which honestly I don't think it's fair, but with Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters was doomed from the start, doomed. Everybody railed against the, the trailer that was released. In fact, I think it made a record. It's a, it, it on record as the most disliked trailer in YouTube history. So the movie is doomed, and we already talked about the fact that, you know, I... I certainly don't have a problem with people being forward-thinking and progressive. And, you know, let's, of course, I want to see more women in film. But the problem is, is that I don't necessarily equate you taking a beloved, you know, a, a beloved film that happens to, of course, be cast mostly with men and just flip the gender... You know, I don't necessarily think that's progress. You know, I kind of think that's a little bit lazy. And you already know how frustrated I was with the the portrayal. Again, I don't want. I'm not trying to hate on Leslie Jones. I'm really not. I'm really not. But I I do have a problem. I'll say it again. I do have a problem with the three white characters being scientists and the one black woman being a subway station ticket holder. That I have a problem with, okay? That is something that I'm, I'm just, I can't quite, you know, be so tolerant of, knowing all these tropes and stereotypes that we've been programmed with, you know, from, from, from jump. So a lot of these movies, it, it's, just, it's just, for whatever reason, bad marketing strategy and maybe because of reshoots or, you know, whatever, bad marketing strategy, bad publicity, and or bad reviews. I mean, listen, I I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really like Suicide Squad. I'm just going to be real with it. I'm going to come real with it. I didn't really like it, okay? I didn't really, I wasn't feeling it. It's better than B versus S, but you know what, that's not saying much. But I'm not going to rail against it as harshly as the critics have. I'm not sure they're entirely looking at it, you know, fairly. But I, I just, I, I, I sent you that article, or I, I linked you, in terms of what someone on uh, Forbes mentioned, that it's not a matter of these movies, particularly this new up-and-coming DC EU brand, trying to compete with the established, you know, dominant empire that is called Marvel, it's not as though they're not making money. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that. I just said Suicide Squad is, it has surpassed $500 million worldwide. It's not as though they're not making money. But the thing is, is that in terms of storytelling, I don't think it was very well crafted at all. I think it was a bit of a mess. I think that the true villain, the true, true villain is Amanda Waller, which makes... Enchantress, 
and her her King Tut brother, whatever the hell that was, octopus creature mess of CGI, <laughs> whatever that was, it made it just it again a non-entity. The whole thing was so rushed in terms of trying to give me a quick snippet. Snip it here. Snip it here. Oh, yeah, they're they're in love. Oh, yeah, you know, Joker met Harley Quinn, and then two seconds later, you know, they're, you know, at the club, and then, and then oh, yeah, we got five seconds of common. I mean, there was just so much chaos going on that it just really wasn't my cup of tea <clears throat> at the end of the day. And frankly... Frankly, I felt that Boomerang, Katana, Slipknot, I mean, I felt these characters to be quite useless. So, I mean, overall, I just felt like this summer was a joke when it came to movies. I haven't even bothered to watch Jason Bourne. And, you know, the assumption that a movie like Warcraft would do well, I mean, that was already a risk. But, you know, it's okay because, you know, Blizzard, <laughs> Blizzard has the money, so they're all right. They're, they're going to be just fine. We'll see how well uh, Assassin's Creed does later this year. But, um, <clears throat> but, yeah, honestly, we got Magnificent Seven coming up next month. And then literally nothing, <laughs> nothing until November when we get to see Doctor Strange, and um, and I mean that's why we got Luke Cage to hold us over, you know, end of September until then. You know, Rogue One doesn't come out till December, so you know it's pretty barren. It's pretty barren this summer, this fall. Not a lot going on. Not a lot going on. And honestly, I just think that they're getting lazy. They're getting too comfortable shelling out sequels and prequels and remakes and reboots and franchises and. It's uh, it's 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 getting tiresome. It's getting tiresome to assume that you can structure a story as if it's just chapter one, part one. It's 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 overly ambitious to assume that the story will be so amazing that of course we'll come scrambling for parts two, three, four, whatever. You know, just tell me a good story. Tell me a good story. Have actual characters that are three-dimensional, that have some sort of, you know, life to them, relatability. You know, don't be so quick to rely on the set pieces and the and the explosions and the the look. And I mean, just I, I mean, I'm hey, I don't want to be someone that's com- constantly praising Marvel because they've effed up too, you know, over the years. But like I said, I'm deeply impressed with the fact that Civil War had so much going on, 17 characters, and everybody had a chance to shine. Everybody, you know, has a moment to do their thing and to be relevant, you know, and to have some sort of significance in in the, the family, in the crew, or in whatever. I just can't say that. I can't say that for X-Men. Oh, my God. Jubilee? Shit. Don't, uh, I don't even start it on Jubilee. Oh, well, well, goodness. Let, I can't even get into it without getting mad. So that's that's just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. It's down. boom or bust. Boom or bust. They, they want to go big. They want to go hard. 
or or nothing at all, or these movies and projects that you've never heard of. There's literally no middle ground anymore. There's no middle ground. I was talking to a, a, a representative, a manager. He's based out in New York, actually, in your neck of the woods. And he's in L.A. We're talking and discussing things like, you know, Master of None and how back in the day, you know, a movie that was Oscar-worthy, a movie that used to be one of my favorites, as good as it gets. As good as it gets. Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Greg Kinnear, and, you know, honestly, can you, can any of you think of the last time a movie like that was just so well-known, so well-respected, had the prestige, you know, not overly... CGI, you know, laden, but had an actual story, an actual story. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's Dar- going on. Like I said, Dar- it's, it's barren. Daryl, answer her question. You okay, know, what, which what one? Well, <laughs> no, no, no. All right, okay, let, well, let me well, see. Well, well, well quickly, quickly, because we have only have about 15 minutes remaining. Uh, give us your thoughts of the summer. And also, why what, why haven't we seen certain films? Like she mentioned, as good as it gets, why aren't we seeing that in 2016? All right, this, this, this one's easy for me. This one's easy. I will say that I have not watched that many films this summer. I've watched, I've picked out one per week. I've gone, younger me? Oh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm living at the movies. Bap, bap, got to go, got to watch all of it, got to go watch all of it. And you want to know why? what I attribute that to? A, the price of tickets. B, actors and social media. Honestly, you, 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 you get the stuff in social media, and it inundates you with so much about, oh, oh, this negativity, this negativity, this negativity. You know what? I'd rather just sleep. Forget the movie's out. Hey, I got work late. Uh, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll catch you later in the privacy of my own house. You know, oh, uh, this is a movie I really want to see. Go. Crowds. Yeah. Don't want to deal with that. All right? So, so it's a, a variety of factors why we haven't had that, that big overarching thing. Okay? And honestly... Uh, in terms of of getting that great movie narrative and whatever, they play to the generation, and we've already seen it with this generation. This generation doesn't want no in-depth stories. They want flash. They'll take flash over substance. Sorry, Slav, I have to say it this way. Uh, no offense to you youngsters overseas, but I know how the youngsters are over here. They. They hmm. they don't want to uh, let me get the story quick. They don't they don't go in depth. You know we we um, where I'm from, where Alpha Nerd's from, where Q is from. We go for that deep story. We want to look beyond it's stuff like Inception. Inception had all the flash for other people, but we were going in on the story. We were trying to figure out everything. We still, that was our shame. 
We still didn't know what the ending was to that. We could still debate what the ending was for like years on that and still not get an answer because we look into it deep. This new generation, they want flash. They want. They don't want the substance. They want a lack of explosions. Explosions. Michael Bay is a god to these people. I, I can't get into an amount of time where I'll get into an argument with a youngster about how great the Transformers movies were, the live-action ones, and I'll be like, really, how great they were. Okay, <laughs> you know what? Hey, yeah, how great the Michael Bay movies made me appreciate the last seasons of tra- the animated Transformers even more because that had more in-depth storylines. Anybody remember the Rage Virus? Yes, that had more in-depth storylines. Uh, Starscream's Ghost. Yes, all of that was more in-depth than what Michael Bay gave us. So just to sum up, the reason it's a whole myriad of factors, okay? All I tell people is I'm not supporting the whole movie, movie freaking industry. I go for what I like. I go what, what chooses to either want me or accept me to, as, a, as, a, as a viewer. Okay, there's reasons why we we rail against stuff like the Great Wall and Gods of Egypt and Ben Hur. Sorry, Morgan, I'm gonna catch that on video. I ain't paying to see that at all. But you know, we're a more enlightened audience now. Hit us with that. Make us think. But you know, like I said, some parts of the generation don't want to think. Back to you, Afrinard. Yeah, um, and I want to hear from Saba in a, in a moment. I'm going to pass the mic to him in a, in a second. I'll be very brief. Uh, I, I have to channel with what my co-discussants were saying, that I really didn't see a lot of movies this summer. I really had planned to see a lot of movies, but unfortunately when you see these trailers, there's a, re- a, a repetition of mistakes. One big mistake is the, the constant ability to kind of see what the plot is in the trailer is a problem. Like why would I want to see? I mean, even Batman vs Superman, to a certain degree, you kind of sort of saw you kind of sort of saw their uh, desperate desperation with each trailer. The, they should have left it like the first or second trailer when it was just a just a little something. When you saw uh, Superman hovering above Batman, and just a few words, that was it. But they kept they they were such a you could tell the feverish tone from the studios that we had to show more. We've got to make sure we've got to we've got to force them into the seat, into the theaters, and without really paying attention to how good the product is, and to rail against Marvel, and we could talk about all the petitions and all the anger and and wanting to shut down uh, Rotten Tomatoes and all that kind of thing. It's rubbish. The, the 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 main thing is, is your product on on point? If your product is not on point, then you know the the public will have its say. Um, and also, I, I, I will say that I, I don't even know if the DC movies are actually su- are successful. Uh, to Claire, Claire, are they actually successful? You know, we're we're being told 500 million. Uh, I guess this last couple of days for Suicide Squad. I mean, is that consi- I, I don't know. I don't know what's successful with these blockbuster movies. Well. I don't either, to be honest with you. I don't either. The thing is, is that there's the top tier, and then there's like the B, the B team. Does that make sense? Se- second string. Top tier, top tier is Batman versus Superman. Top tier is Civil War. That budget for both of them 
not including not including because it's all estimated not including marketing and not including tie-ins and endorsements and you know toys and merchandising and all that 250 million dollars that is the budget for b versus s that is the budget for civil war so mathematically opening weekend they have this whole chart calculating what must be earned domestically as well as of course worldwide Nowadays, nowadays we rely heavily on international markets. When you look at all the stuff on, on, oh my goodness, box office mojo and all the statistics, average, average for a lot of these these movies, 60%, roughly 60% of the revenue is going to be overseas. It's going to be an international market. It's going to be China. So, for that, obviously, you have to, to take into effect a different scale of what is considered a success, what is considered necessary, you know, income before you consider it a success or a loss or whatever, compared to a budget like a B team, which is X Men Apocalypse and uh, Suicide Squad, both of which had roughly a budget of. I want to say about 175, 175 million, roughly. Now, I'm not going to even count Deadpool because that is in a category in and of itself. I like Deadpool. I had fun with it. But the whole point is, is that it's subversive and it's trying to set itself apart. It's actually very much a satire, poking fun at the whole superhero genre. That movie, 58 million. $58 million budget. That's why it's a lot shorter in length compared to B versus S and Civil War, which were both about two and a half hours long. Obviously, <laughs> Deadpool is not nearly that long, and a lot of it is, you know, simplistic in storytelling. You know, you have a director who specializes in, in visual effects, so he knows exactly how to efficiently use that that skill to his advantage but i don't know i don't know warner brothers i don't know if it's because of the reviews the scathing reviews warner brothers felt that batman versus superman was a failure even though it did it did pretty well it made money but to them they wanted that avengers money avengers one iron man three Captain America 3, they want that level of money, which is a billion dollars worldwide. So to them, because they fell short of that, kind of like in the, uh, I want to say 800 almost, $800 million mark roughly worldwide, they consider it a failure. I don't know what the math, you know, proportionally would be for Suicide Squad at $175 million budget. Frankly, they're not happy with the reviews. Again, again, that's why there's so much restructuring going on within the company, with Zack Snyder, with other producers, Jeff Johns. They're trying to move things around, but ultimately, they're still finding their legs. Let's face it. Let's face it. By comparison, Marvel, they're 13, 14 movies in. DC, DC is only what? A couple movies in. Obviously, I'm not counting. 
I'm not counting the uh, older, you know, Batman movies. I'm not counting. I'm not counting the older Superman movies. I'm counting the current structure of the DCEU. So they're still trying to find themselves. You know what I'm saying? That's why, to me, the whole Justice League teaser that they gave us, I, I'm, I'm with Sergio. Sergio hated it. <laughs> me, I didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't love it. It, was, it felt a little awkward to me. It felt like they're trying too hard to bring in the funny, bring in the humor. Now, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, I have hope. Wonder Woman, I pray, I pray it's not a hot mess. <laughs> As some people want to say, I pray that it does well and that it's a good movie. Because oh, I'm not going to no. lie, when seeing seeing the pilot episode, I saw the pilot of Supergirl on the big screen. I went to a I went to an event. I saw the pilot of Supergirl on the big screen, and seeing the trailer of Wonder Woman that was released at Comic Con a few weeks ago. I'm not going to lie, it got me emotional. Like it got me. There's something stirring inside. Seeing a woman be the hero of the story. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We don't get that many Sarah Connors from Terminator. We don't get that many Ellen Ripley's from Aliens. We don't get that many Furiosas from Mad Max. Do you understand? This is a big deal. So I am hoping and praying that DC doesn't F this up. On that note, uh, Sava, we got about three minutes remaining. Um, yeah. You know, where you are in, in England. Um, yeah. W- what is the deal with, with the summer summer movie process over there? Well, it's it's the same as you guys. It's basically as soon as my friends or people hear DC, they're like, uh, it's going to be garbage. When they when they hear um, when they hear when they hear the tones of what the movies are like, for example, how DC are pushing, uh, have, how, how they have pushed the movies in the past, and now they, they kind of get off put. Um, but I guess it goes down to also a lot of the, a lot of the movies, is they've, they've gotten like bad reviews, or word of mouth said, for example, not to watch it. Um, there's been bad marketing. But a lot, a lot of the people in the UK, on, and my friends in general, have been put off by movies due to um, the reviews. You know, a lot of bad reviews, for example, Independence Day, Age of Apocalypse, um, Batman vs. Superman. And like even my, my friend was like, I'm not watching Suicide Squad, I'm going to download it. Because it's, I, heard it's rub- I heard it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. You know, when they watch the Mar- when they watch like other movies like Marvel or any other movies, even Star Trek, they're like cool. But it's because DC has had that dent of where they haven't produced a, like a very dope movie like Avengers or even like a very fun fun movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, it sort of it sort of just put a very a very negative um, spin on, on. I'm not gonna say DC, sorry, Warner Brothers, where they they they've uh, push their uh, their products, and it's like you know their their content isn't good, their product isn't good, their marketing has been very very over the top. Like Batman vs Superman, they marketed that over like man, it's like they the way they totally rinsed it. You know, it's it's like when you get a sponge and you <laughs> you suck the life out of it. They marketed that movie so much, and they had so much time. And when it came out, it was you know it was a total mess. Um, Suicide Squad 
was for me when I watched it, it was it was humorous. I could see what they wanted to basically make a darker version of Guardians of the Galaxy, hence the music. Even one of the songs they from the Awesome X Volume One that Solo plays, it's in it's in the movie. Um, but the film was the edit the way it was edited was it was bad. They cramped too much stuff in there. Uh, there were some scenes that didn't make sense. I've heard actually apparently there's like four versions of the movie, that like four edits of the movie. Um, the movie could have been a fantastic movie, but you know it wasn't good. And I, I think that's what's really ticking off a lot of the, the public is we don't want to hear the movie got mixed reviews. We want to hear that you the movie is actually good to watch. So um, I guess that's that in a nutshell. It's um, it's the it's for me. It's um, this year has been a lot of bad marketing, over marketing, like Claire was saying. Um, the reviews have killed it as well from people actually watching the movie. Even if the movie was bad, people have, you know, have taken it upon themselves to actually listen to the reviews and not go watch the movies. Like, for me, I didn't I didn't care regardless of Suicide Squad being poor, good, fantastic. I wanted to watch it for myself. And when I watched it, I was like, it's old, it's old, it's mixed, it's okay. But it's not like people saying it was terrible, it was total garbage, it was... It, it had a lot of issues, but it was it was a humorous movie to um I guess to um to um to watch so watch. I mean the highlight for me this year was actually seeing I guess a Black Panther. <laughs> that was the highlight for me seeing a black uh, superhero in a Marvel movie with uh, portrayed in a positive role. So that was the highlight for me. Deadpool exactly. was like Deadpool for me was it, I love Deadpool because he reminds me of me. He's just totally nuts in his personality. <laughs> He's a nutty character. So I was like, yeah, that's definitely me. I'll do that because I'm that kind of guy. I'll just do crazy stuff on the show.